Welcome, friends, to today's program. It's my prayer that you'll be blessed in a special way by today's program. We have back with us the lady that shares the word with dynamite. She can share it with dynamite because the anointing is on what she says, and it's the Holy Spirit that does it, not Melinda. I mean, she's gifted and talented, but it's the Holy Spirit that performs the word and makes it rhema to you. So today our prayer is for you out there that this will be a rhema word to you. Melinda? Amen. Just share what God's give you, dear. Okay, well, thank you so much. And uh, I just enjoy uh, so much teaching the Word of God. And um, I just want to say, God has uh, dealt with me this morning, even on the way here, and what I thought I was going to be starting out with, I'm not. But uh, the Lord said I'm to begin with asking a question this morning before I get into the message, so that's exactly what I'm going to do. And the question is found in 1 Kings chapter 18, 21, and here's what the Lord asked me to ask all the viewers that are watching today. How much longer will you uh, waver or falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow Him. But if Baal is your God, or Satan is your God, then follow Him. The people were completely silent after Elijah said this. And then I'm not going to read the chapter, but what ended up happening next is that Elijah uh, divided all the people up. Those that worship Baal and those that uh, worship Jehovah God. And uh, they built altars and uh, put wood under it and said, we're not going to put any fire in it. And uh, then later, Elijah pours three times water, three times water on the bull and uh, the wood. So it was wet, soaking wet. And God came down and he answered by fire. And the people fell on their faces and they began to cry out, Jehovah is God. Jehovah is God. So I'm here to share with you today that Jehovah is God and there is no other. Yes. And so the Lord says, many of you are in this this uh, valley of decision. You're haltering between two opinions here. And the Lord said, it's time to choose who you're going to serve because he is coming back and you need to be ready. And so I pray with all my heart that you'll decide to serve God and believe that he is. Amen. And if you're ready to make that decision, I just want you to pray this simple prayer with me. Just say, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you, Jesus, help me to turn around and to follow you. You said if I would confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead, that I would be born again, a brand new creature. All my sins were nailed on the cross when you died for me, and I thank you that you are the Son of God. If you prayed that prayer, Jesus is your Lord, and you are born again. Amen? Amen. And you know, this is, mo this is the most important thing about our whole program. I'm going to tell you right now. It should be the most important thing in church services. I know I've been in many churches. They don't even give altar calls, and I'm so grieved when I leave. I'm so grieved when I walk out. Because what is it all about? It's about life and death, and it's about where you're going to spend eternity. So I just pray that uh, go with God and get into His Word and follow Him. And uh, He'll be with you and He'll bless your life. Right, Bobby? Right, and amen. amen. So this is what we're, we started out with because that's what the Holy Ghost told me to, to ask you. So we're going to get into the message now, and I pray that it will be a blessing to you. So 
uh, the Lord has dealt with me about a revelation he gave me personally in his word. And the title of my message is called Jesus is the Tent Peg. Well, I never knew that, that Jesus was a tent peg. But Jesus has tent pegs, and you're going to see what they're used for. This is all talked about uh, in a chapter 4 of the book of Judges, and there was two women that God used to destroy the enemies of Israel. Deborah was a prophetess. She was a leader at that time. And also there was a woman named Jael that actually God used to drive a tent peg through the temple of Sisera, a commander of, uh, uh, of an army who was trying to destroy Israel. So Jesus is actually called the tent peg in his word, in the word of God. And I want to read where that's found. It's in Zechariah chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. And it says, My anger burns against the shepherds, and I will punish the leaders, for the Lord Almighty will care for his flock, the people of Judah and the people of Judah, and make them like a proud horse in battle. From Judah comes the cornerstone. From him the tent peg, from him the battle blow, from him every ruler. Together they will be like warriors in battle, trampling the enemy into the mud of the streets. They will fight because the Lord is with them, and they will put the enemy horsemen to shame. The tent peg here, the tent peg was used as an instrument of God's wrath against the enemies of Israel, the tent peg. Amen? And so you're going to be hearing this word in several places today. And it's just awesome, the revelation in God's word about the tent peg. The Hebrew word is viv, V-I-V, for tent peg. And its purpose was to join and bind and unite. They were stakes. They, they took stakes with these tent pegs and they would uh, they were either made of wood or metal and they would drive them into the ground with ropes and it would hold and fasten uh, as an anchor into the ground to hold the corners of the tent in position so that when strong winds and desert winds blew, it would not blow the tent away. Amen? So that's what they were used for. So in Judges chapter 4, uh, we're going to give an example of how Jesus, the tent peg, destroys the en enemies of Israel. So I'm going to flip over here to Judges, and we're going to read a little bit in there. So uh, beginning with uh, chapter 4, uh, a big, huge army was coming against Israel. And so Deborah got uh, her commander, whose his name was Barak. And he said, uh, you know, he, Barak was saying, well, you're going to come with me. I'm not going by myself. So she says, okay, I'll go with you. And so they get up and they go. And Deborah says in verse 14, Then Deborah said to Barak, Now is the time for action. Amen? And I will say that to you. Now is the time for action in your life if, if you're not being proactive for God. Amen? And the Lord, she said, The Lord leads on, and he's already delivered Sisera, who was the evil commander coming after them, into your hand. And you know what? All our enemies, God's always already destroyed. Amen? It's just for us to take it. Amen? As the people of God, take take it by force. Amen? So anyway, uh, they're, uh, they're running after uh, Deborah and Barak, and they're going to try to wipe them out. So uh, anyway, the Lord threw the enemy into a panic, which that's what God's good at doing and bringing a lot of confusion to the armies. So both the soldiers and the charioteers and it, uh, Sisera leaped from the chariot and they began to run from them. So Barak and his men began to chase them. So Sisera ends up running into uh, this area where there's a tent. Well, the tent belonged to Jael, who I mentioned. 
And uh, she was the wife of Hebner the Kenite, for there was a mutual assistance agreement between King Jabin of, of Hazor and the clan of Haber. So Jael went into the tent where Sisera had run in, and she says, Come into my tent, sir. You'll be safe here in my protection. Don't be afraid. She, so he went into her tent, and she covered him with a blanket. Please give me some water, he said, for I'm very thirsty. So she gave him some milk instead. Milk's a lot better than water, right? She was yeah. doing good to her enemies. Are you grasping that? Okay. So she gave him milk and she covered him again. Then he says, stand at the door of my tent, he told her. And if anyone comes by looking for me, tell them no one is here. Okay. In verse 21, then Jael took a sharp tent peg and a hammer and quietly creeping up to him as he slept, she drove that peg into his temples and into the ground so that he died for he was fast asleep from the weariness. So God used Jael that day as the tent peg to drive it into his temples to kill the enemies of Israel. Amen? And so that's uh, the story of that. And I want to flip over now. I want you to listen to this song that they begin to sing. Deborah and Barrett begin to sing a song to the Lord for the great victory that had come for them. And I just, I'm not reading all of it, but listen to verse 24. Blessed be Jael, the wife of Hebner the Kentonite. Yes, may she be blessed above all women who live in tents. He asked for water and she gave him milk in a beautiful cup. Then she took a tent peg and a workman's hammer and pierced Sisera's temples, crushing his head. She pounded the tent peg through with his head and he lay at her feet dead. And let me just tell you this. God never wants us to give up. He wants us to keep using the word of God to hammer and crush all the works of darkness in our in our life and in this world. Amen? That's what he's called us all to do, to be that tent peg. Amen? So God calls Jesus the tent peg, and we are the tent pegs also. So Israel, you know, uh, they cried out to God to help, and Deborah and Barak came, and, and we know that Jael picked up that hammer and she drove that tent peg. So I want you to listen, uh, see now the spiritual parallel here. Sisera becomes actually a stand-in for Satan in this scene that I just gave you, the scripture I just read. So also, Jesus Christ ultimately defeated Satan. He's defeated him. Isn't it interesting that God used straw, uh, you know, they nailed him to a cross and used huge stakes to drive through his hands, huge stakes to drive through the Lord's feet. He was securely fastened to that cross to die for every sin that mankind would ever commit. He took those upon the cross for you and me. Amen? So that we could be free from sin and be forgiven when we come to Him. Amen? So it's interesting that that's how that happened. Now I want to read uh, several scriptures here. 1 John 3, 8 says, But if you keep on sinning, it shows that you belong to Satan. It means you keep practicing it over and over. Who since he first began to sin has kept steadily at it. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. That's why Jesus came, people. He came to destroy all the works of the devil. 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9 says, Be careful and watch out for the attacks of Satan, your great enemy. He prowls around like a hungry, roaring lion, looking for some victim to tear apart. Stand firm when he attacks. Stand firm and trust in the Lord. And remember that other Christians are being faced in the world 
with the same sufferings we're going through. Amen? And then in Luke 22, 31 through 32, Jesus said to Peter, Simon, Simon, Satan has always asked to have you, to sift you like wheat, but I've pleaded in prayer for you that your faith should not completely fail. And God, I say that today. Jesus, help us that our faith will never completely fail. Amen? Amen. Amen. And, uh, and then uh, in Let's see, in Romans 16, 20, it says, The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Amen? He's going to crush him. In Revelation 20, 10, it says, The devil who had betrayed them will again be thrown into the lake of fire burning with sulfur, where the creature and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night forever mm. and ever. This is, this is Satan's future. It's going to happen. Without a doubt, he's going to be, he's going there, and there's no doubt about it. In Colossians 2, 14 and 15, Jesus blotted out the charges, proved against you the list of his commandments which you didn't obey. He took that list of sins, and he destroyed it by nailing to the, to the cross that he died on. In this way, God took away Satan's power to accuse you of sin, and God openly displayed to the whole world that he triumphed. Christ, as a human being, triumphed, made of flesh and blood, too, by being born in human form. For only as a human being could he die, and in dying break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Amen? Amen. Jesus has done everything for you. He died for you while you were yet a sinner. He died for you. Amen? Amen. And so God has done many great, great, great things for the body of Christ. Now, in Ezra 9, 8, listen to this scripture. It says, And now, for a little while, grace has been shown from the Lord, our God, to leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a tent peg in his holy place that God may enlighten our eyes and give us a measure of revival in our bondage. Amen? And you know what? That's what's going to happen right now in the bondage that we're facing in the United States of America right now because we are yes. in some bondage. Amen? Yes. And we need to be set free from it. So Jesus is the tent peg which will provide a secured place in Him. Amen? Christ is the chief cornerstone who supports the foundation of the church of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to flip over to Isaiah and I'm telling you, when the Holy Spirit led me to the scripture, I wanted to shout because I want you to listen carefully to this scripture today because it's a parallel of what happened back when they had evil administrators and people evil running the government and what we're going through right now. And I want you to listen to what God did. Listen carefully. This is found in Isaiah chapter 22, beginning with verse 15. Uh, verse 15. It says, Furthermore, the same Lord God of the armies of heaven has told me this. Go and say to Shebna, the place administrator. Now, Shebna, the place administrator, was an evil administrator. There was evil people in the government at this time. And listen, what he told him to say. And who do you think you are building this beautiful sepulcher in the rock for yourself? For the Lord who allowed you to be clothed and gorgeously, so gorgeously, will hurl you away, sending you into captivity. Oh, strong man, he will wad you up and throw you up in his hands like a ball. Hmm. and toss you away into a distant barrett land. And there you will die, O glorious one. 
you who disgrace our nation. Get ready. Yes, I will drive you out of office, says the Lord, and I will pull you down from your high position. And then I'll call my servant, a righteous servant now, Elkiam, the son of Hilkiah, to replace you. He shall have your uniform, your title, and your authority. And he will be a father to the people of Jerusalem. And I say he'll be a father to the people of the United States of America. Amen. Yes. And all of Judah, it says. And I will give him responsibility over all my people. And whatever he says will be done. None will be able to stop him. And I will make him a strong and steady tent peg to support my people. They will load him with responsibility and he will be an honor to his family name. This is the righteous leader now, what God's going to do. But the Lord will pull out that other peg, that other tent peg. He's going to pull it out that seems to be so firmly fastened to the wall. It will come out and fall to the ground and everything that it supports will fall with it for the Lord has spoken. Amen. Amen. Wow. The Lord's not going to allow evil to reign in the United States of America. Yes. It might be happening right now. It might look like it's going to continue, but God will not allow it because Amen. God loves the United States of America, doesn't he? He sure does. He loves our country. America's going to be born again. It's been prophesied. It will be born again. Amen. Yes. So I'm, I'll tell you, when I read this scripture, I was so excited. I was so excited. So now, listen to Isaiah 59, 11. It says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the, the Lord will lift up a standard against him. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. What is that standard? That standard is the living word of God that he has given with everything, his blood and everything for us today. All his promises. Do you believe the word of God? You believe his promises? They're for us, every one of them. They're for us. He, 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 get, he gave them so that we could be victorious now. Not when we get to heaven now, here on this earth. Amen? And one of the last scriptures that I want to share before I go into a few weapons uh, of our warfare is is my favorite. It's found in Jeremiah 23, 29. Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? Is not my, this is the amplified version. Is not my word like fire that consumes all that cannot endure the test, says the Lord? And like a hammer that breaks the most stubborn rock in pieces. The word of God is your tent peg. The word of God is your is your uh, the hammer that you use to keep pounding and pounding and pounding against whatever it is you're facing until it breaks, until you get the breakthrough, until you get deliverance. It will work. The word of God will always work when you work it. It is not going to work with this book closed and you're never, you're never in it. You're never meditating it. You're never keeping it before your eyes like God tells us to do. If you want God's word to work. You've got to spend time in it. You've got to do what the word tells you to do. Amen? So if he says, speak to the mountain, you've got to speak to it. If it says, uh, keep it before your eyes, then that's what you've got to do. You've got to obey the word for it to work in your life. Amen? 
Now, you know, God's given us a lot of uh, weapons, uh, and that's found in Ephesians 13. I just want to briefly go over those. First, he says he's given us the belt of truth and the sword of the Spirit. And the word of the living God, that's in Hebrews 4, 12. It says, for whatever God has said is full of living power. This is full of living power. Don't think that when you speak it out your mouth, it's not being effective because it is. It is sharper than the sharpest dagger, cutting swift and deep into our innermost thoughts. Number two is the breastplate of God's approval. For God took the sinless Christ and poured into him our sins. Then in exchange, God poured God's goodness into us. He made us the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. Amen. That's found in 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Number three, you need to wear your gospel shoes. Wear your gospel shoes. Mark 16, 15 says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. Amen. And you know, wherever your world is, we need to be talking to people about Jesus. You know, he led me the other day to talk to a man that I had to meet on some business and God just laid it so heavy on my heart. And I said, you know, I don't know if you know Jesus, but if you don't, you need to ask him to come into your heart and be your Lord and Savior. You know, I began to talk to him. And I asked the Holy Spirit to convict him. But we need to let people know. You know, it's not time to play games. No. You know, uh, God says for... don't ride the fence. Don't be, uh, uh, you know, standing in the middle wavering between two opinions. Serve God or you're going to be serving the devil. The next one is shield of faith. Since this is the shield of faith, we take it up by believing in what God has said. We must believe what God has said. God's not a man that he would lie. The more we believe, the more effective our shield becomes at protecting us from the fiery darts of the wicked one. Number five is the helmet of salvation. That's the assurance of salvation. It's our impenetrable defense against anything that the enemy would throw against us. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill your soul. Rather, be afraid of the one that can kill the soul and the body. We've got to learn to keep our helmets buckled so that the fiery missiles don't lodge in our thoughts and set us on fire. Amen. Through this helmet of salvation, we can destroy arguments and every lofty thing that rises against the word of God and the knowledge of God and take into captivity every thought that is contrary to God's word. And that's found in 2 Corinthians 5, I mean, excuse me, 10, 5. Number six is praying always. Ephesians six eighteen. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Praying God's Word becomes our chief offensive weapon used against Satan during our struggles. Amen? But let me just say this about praying. You need to pray the Word of God. And when you don't know how to pray, you pray in the Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. Go back and look at our previous program just uh, that just played uh, by Isaac Prater. He spoke about praying Amen. in tongues uh, and, and how to receive that gift. It's a free gift just like salvation. Amen. It's a free gift. And when we don't know how to pray, we can pray in the Spirit. And God says when we do that, we're praying the perfect will of God in that situation. Amen. Amen. And so, you know, God is good. He, he loves you. He wants the best for you. He's the God of the turnaround. Amen. I mean, Frank, you got anything you want to add to this? Amen. Frank, He's our tent peg. <laughs> Glory to well, God. I never heard that brought out. I know. It's amazing. Uh, exactly. I, I can see the parallels and, and how it yeah. works. It's yes. Yes. Beautiful. Uh, yes. And, and some are good tent pegs yeah. and some are evil tent pegs. Right. 
And but God says, even if it seems to be that it's never going to change, and they're firmly fixed. I mean, who would have ever dreamed that the wall would come down? You know that the wall. Uh, the, where was that in? Um, in uh, what country was the wall in that fell? Oh, Germany. Germany. Yeah, yeah right. that wall in Germany. Nobody ever believed that wall would have fallen. But even our president. Uh, Reagan, he even he was prophesying. He was saying, "Wall, come down in the name of Jesus." And he might not have understood that he was prophesying that, but that's what he was doing. He was declaring and decreeing. And you know, God has said in His Word, "Declare and decree a thing, and it will be done unto you." That's right. So, what are what are people? What are you declaring today? Are you declaring good things and what God has said about you? Or are you declaring what the devil is telling you? or what people are telling you, or even what the doctor is telling you. Now listen, my sister-in-law who was on here shared about the miraculous uh, miracle of her husband. She didn't stand there and tell the doctors when they would give her a bad report. Oh, you're wrong. You know, she said, I understand what you're saying, but I'm looking to a higher power. And that's what we do. We go to God, who is the miracle worker. Yes. He's the miracle worker. And he will be your miracle worker. Do you know that Jesus will become whatever you believe for him to, to be to you? Let me just say this before we close. I actually forgot about this, but here's just an example. Here, here's my medicine that I take. I take God's medicine every day. And what do I do? I confess it. Here's just a few. No evil will befall me, and neither will any plague come nigh my dwelling. For you've given your angels charge over me. They keep me in all my ways. In my pathway is life, healing, and health. Listen to this one. Jesus, he took my infirmities and he bore my sicknesses. Therefore, I refuse to allow sickness to dominate my body. The life of God flows within me, bringing healing and health to every fiber of my being. Yes. I'm going to read one more. I'm redeemed from the curse. Galatians 3.13 is flowing in my bloodstream. It flows to every cell of my body, restoring life and health. Now this is this is my medicine. This is the medicine I take. I take God's medicine. This is my preventive medicine. I take it before any attack comes. You've got to meditate on the word. You've got to get it down in you. So that when that evil report tries to come, you say, oh no, first thing, I'm not receiving this report and I'm not receiving fear. I receive the word of my God concerning me. That's what we have to do. That's what we Amen. have to do to be successful, Amen. Bobby, in this life. God has given us everything we need. Exactly. You know, it's amazing that uh, the situation that we're in right here in America, that God brought it out in His Word. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, my mouth, I'm telling you, my mouth fell open when I came to Isaiah 22, and I read that because I know, and the Lord's having me pray that right now, right now, for our country. About evil and about good. Evil being rooted out and good coming back. He's already done that. So we're about out of time, Bobby. Yes, already. we are. This is Bobby and Frank and Melinda saying God loves you. Yes, we're talking to you. And so do we. Jesus is your tenth egg. God That's bless right. you.